Spandex Essential! Spandex Essential Thoughts! The following podcast is brought to you by Lucha Underground Ties. There is no such thing. Lucha Underground Ties. Welcome to episode 53 of Spandex Essential Thoughts. We are now back to presenting our regularly scheduled podcast. New season of Lucha Underground, new season of Spandex Essential Thoughts. One year and one week. We didn't take a break, though. That makes us better than Lucha Underground, I guess. Take that, High Lucha. Five. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing shade. Better, better than Lucha <laughs> Underground, yeah. Well, welcome back, everyone. We're so glad that you're here. I'm Alicia. And I'm Wayne. And I guess first up on the docket this week is going to be the new episode of Lucha Underground. Up all night again, we finally get our Lucha Underground championship match between the Mac and Johnny Mundo. Well, it's been such a long time. How long has it been since we've gotten a new episode? I don't know. I feel like I've had a, a lot of months. I feel like I've had a lot of life-changing experiences <laughs> in my real life since then, so I mean, so I guess jumping right in, the narrative of this match as the announced team was trying so hard. <laughs> I mean, did you get the feeling that the announced team was like expecting a bunch of people who had never seen Lucha Underground or wrestling or had eyes open before were now suddenly watching Lucha Underground? They legit broke down what a stunner is. Like, yeah. Mo- like, the three quarters Nelson. And like, it- I was just like, what the hell am I listening to? It, it seemed like they were treating it like a brand new season. Yeah, it was. I I don't even think it was a brand new season. I feel like they were treating it like they had a bunch of like noobs sitting in the. And I loathe that word, but a bunch of new people who'd never even heard of wrestling before suddenly like tuning in to watch the show. It was just an, the announcing was really odd this time around, and it felt like the kind of theme of the match, like the early narrative was like. Look at Johnny Mundo's abs and how fit he is and all these cool flippy doos that he can do. And and look at the lard, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> legit. Like, and I'm not trying to insult him. Like, but look at Mac by comparison. Like, uh, I guess he has some power moves. I guess we'll see, you know, who's got the better cardio endurance. There was also like a Jesus reference to the Mac when he was going for a pin. Like you, you, your salvation, like it's not the end of the world. I know it was like the announcing was really odd. And like the narrative that they tried to weave was kind of something that I feel like we can, you know, draw that conclusion ourselves. I can, I can look at, at Mac and see the difference between he and Johnny Mundo. And I can still be on Mac's side and believe in my heart of hearts that on any given day, he can win. Little bit of subtlety. Yes. Just a they, little bit of subtlety. That's what I felt like they just needed a little bit more subtlety. They didn't need to be spelling out how moves work, you know, and how, <laughs> how wrestling works. And, you know, like, I kept waiting for them to, like, start breaking down, like, this is the ring. It has ropes. See those posts? Those are ring posts. <laughs> like, it was just asinine how Tra- they were leading yeah. into this. Traditionally, tables are used in wrestling matches not to hold things, but to cause damage well, to quite, the opponent. Quite honestly, like, the announcing did not get to the level that I felt like it needed to be until after Johnny Mundo got a cheat fall. Like, yeah, but, yeah. But we'll get to that. Okay. Like, do we just want to go through the match kind of yeah, as it flows? Yeah, let's, let's just go for so, it. So, okay, Johnny Mundo comes out, total cockface, spits oh. his gum in the first, like, five seconds at Mac. I just want him to die. Like, I just want Johnny Mundo to die at this point. Like, he's my most loathed character. I cannot wait 
for him to be humiliated and lose. He is such a gigantic piece of shit. Yes. And like I watch him and I seethe and I know there's people out there that are like, he's just doing his job. But it's like at this point, they're like, I'm getting like physically annoyed. I know. Being a viewer and watching him. I was at this point with Worldwide Underground as a whole. Yeah, you're done with them. Before they took the hiatus in this season. And so, like, knowing that we were coming back in on a match that, lo and behold, Worldwide Underground ran the train on, I was just, you know, kind of cynical, kind of rolling my eyes. And I'll I'll cop to it now. I think my um, attitude and mood going into this match is coloring how I felt about this match. I realize a lot of people liked it a lot, and I'm not taking anything away from any of the cool sequences, any of the storytelling. This match just was not for me. The problem is, like, when you have a match that's supposed to be all night long, I'm using air quotes, when it's all night long and one of the contenders is part of shit ground worldwide underground... Like you just like you, you know, you, you that, might as well just know yeah. that like near the 10 minute mark with 10 minutes left on the clock, the assholes are going to start coming out of the woodwork. And like it just it, it kind of it dampens the mood a little mm. bit. Like obviously when Matt got some help, it was like, yes, thank God somebody yeah. remembered that they exist in yeah. this temple. There, There is this interesting thing that keeps happening with anyone who goes up against any member of Worldwide Underground. They become the dumbest fuck Ever. And and I don't see that lately. Like they their brain is just like whoop leaves their body and they don't think about the fact that Worldwide Underground is a group of people, that Worldwide Underground cheats all the time, that Worldwide Underground fouls often, you know, kicking the nuts often, that Worldwide Underground has these shenanigans that they do and and they're always like, I'm gonna do this by myself. I'm not I'm going to trust the members of Worldwide Underground that they're telling the truth <laughs> and they're pure during this match. Yeah. You know? They just become idiots. Yeah, motherfuckers, you are in the temple. Dario Cueto is the owner. You're in a world of violence. Fucking nut up and get some back support. Yes. Yeah. And like fucking be sturdy and go up against these guys. Don't well, be and, a hero. And don't like, I feel like I'm being really critical of this because I feel like Lucha Underground is better than the wide eyed, naive, good guy. Oh, absolutely. Mac is smarter than that. He watched them run the train of the numbers game on Sexy Star and she lost her title. Yeah. So why is he, like, believing Johnny Mundo's injuries? You know, like, why is he chasing after random person number one? (laughs) You know, like, he's just setting himself up for failure. And just, like, the narrative of the stupid good guy, it, Lucha Underground's better than that. Well, and the the narrative of the stupid good guy, too, um, the other annoying part, for me at least personally, like, so Sexy Star's up there with the band this whole time. Oh, really? Is that what we were supposed to believe? I don't know. I'm not sure. I just kind of assumed she was like watching from the back and showed up when she was needed. I don't know. We're not going to get that. Kind we're of... kind of jumping all over the place here. Yeah. So... But <laughs> so in quick succession, Moonlight Drive, End of the World, Johnny Mundo goes up 1-0. Of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah. And then like uh, Matt Stryker quotes Dodgeball in 2017. <laughs> and then there's cheating. Johnny Mundo holds onto the ropes during a pin sequence and pins Mac one, two, three. Yeah. And so now he's up two and L. But by the way, this rope grab was the most blatant rope grab. Like he's like laying on Is on... Marty Elias blind? But then later goes on to break up like three two or three pins because Johnny Mundo's hand is on the rope. 
So you can see it sometimes, but not when he's pinning. Like, you can see it when Johnny Mundo's being pinned, but you can't see it when Johnny Mundo's pinning somebody. Oh, is, is Marty Elias in somebody's back pocket? Like, I am incensed by this. You you and Lucha Underground refs, <laughs> you'll never get along. I am incensed. You'll never share a drink with them. I won't. Ever. I won't. Ever. Unless they're buying mine. Um, The first, oh, fuck part of this match was the neck neck breaker yes. off of the apron that Mac did to Johnny there, Mundo. There were actually two oh fuck moments. Mac's big like flip splash out of the ring. I never want to be on the receiving no, end of something no. so furious that's and a, large coming at me. That's that's a big fucking guy and like Johnny Mundo is not as I big. Mean, like they just on the ground, you know, just boom. And then like you said, that neck breaker off of the side of the ring, which just drove Johnny Mundo's face like straight up into the mats. Uh, amazing. And and it was like a gasp moment. Like yes, I yes. loved this moment because it finally felt like Mac was moving up on top. So like I think what I thought was interesting. So um Mac, you know, goes up with a power bomb, so now it's two one. Um but I think what I was noticing since we'd so recently watched the first Up All Night, how much of this was a callback to Johnny Mundo's mistakes in that first Up All Night where he went up so far and then got super cocky and ended up losing to Puma. These things were happening again and again and again, but just like on a slightly slower timeline. Like Mundo seemed much more bloodthirsty this time around and was like, willing to put the gap in so that he could possibly win and playing smarter with the clock this time yeah. around than he was with Puma. Working working a fake injury mm-hmm. off of that insane dive off the side of the uh, the top turnbuckle there. I, I called this as soon as it happened, though, this this fake-ass leg injury. Oh, yeah. I said, I, I think we had, like, 20 minutes left on the clock, 19 minutes left on the clock at this point, and I was just like, he's just running the time. Like, he's just running the time here. That, like, th- he might as well have just, like, walked away, you know? Yeah. And, and I think what really bothered me was, like, look at the sportsmanship, Mac's sportsmanship. Like, here's the dumb good guy again oh. who should not believe that Johnny Mundo's telling the truth ever. Like, like when he walked over to check on Johnny Mundo, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? This is the guy that fucked over your friend, well, Sexy Star, multiple times. And legit, like... Hey, Mac, watch the first season of Lucha Underground back because I saw Pentagon get injured. I saw Aerostar F his knee up. I saw um, Cortez Castro, Castro break, his, break his arm. I saw Ivelisse break her leg. And not once was a match stopped because of those things happened. You know, yeah. like, come on but now. <laughs> we exist in a world, though, where, like, security comes out to help Johnny Mundo. I know. It just like, drives me crazy. What is this weird? It drives me crazy. I hate the stupid good guy narrative. It bothers me so much. You have a brain. Use it. Kill him. So Johnny Mundo does, like, this crazy, like, kip up out of this injury angle and, like, just nuclear heat. Like, punts, punts, Mac right well, in the nuts. I think what I really liked, though, is for a while now, I've been hearing, like, Johnny Mundo. Yeah, yeah. And not Johnny Rudo. Like, people actually cheering for Johnny Mundo and being like, who? It, like, it's Johnny Mundo's mom in the audience? Like, who <laughs> is cheering for this doucher? And, like, I feel like what this match did, as frustrated as I am by it, 
it really galvanized that nuclear heat for Johnny Mundo. If anybody is cheering for Johnny Mundo at this point, it is only Johnny Mundo's grandma. And and like the two or three fucking trolls that show up yeah. in the temple yeah. who are like, look at me, I'm cheering for Johnny right. Mundo. Con- contrarians. Like yeah. nobody nobody is cheering for Johnny Mundo. And and that I'll give a huge like major two thumbs up. If to. I had to suffer to like finally get everyone to shut everyone the fuck up. Everyone on board with hating Johnny Mundo. Yes. <laughs> Johnny Mundo hate club. Start it. It'll grow. So like after, after um, this fall is when Vampiro really just lays in to Johnny Mundo is just like, this is bullshit. This guy disrespects this place. He doesn't care about wrestling. Blah, blah, blah. Like, he just starts it, ripping and tearing into Johnny Mundo. It, it, and that was when I felt like commentary switched over from, if you're new and watching yeah, wrestling, yeah. here are the things you need to know to fuck this guy. We're in this 100%. Here's what we see. F you, Johnny Mundo. F you and your dog and your mom. Like, F you all. If there was somebody who was watching Lucha Underground for the first time, they're probably like, holy fucking shit, this dude just went fucking crazy. I think it says a lot that Lucha Underground leaves these curse words in. Oh, absolutely. Like, because it really builds the frustration. Like, I, I said when they did the No Moss match that, that Sexy Star's fuck you was the greatest fuck you that had ever been uttered. Vampiro's this is bullshit shout here was like the greatest this is bullshit shout I've ever heard. It it gave me flashbacks to like when Jim Ross would be watching something happen in the ring in WWE and he'd be like, you can go to hell. That son of a bitch. Like, just like, I'm so fucking mad and I don't even care that I'm a commentator. I'm going to swear. Yeah, I love it when it it just gets that extra level of real emotion, just raw. And it feels so good in that moment. Yeah. I was sitting in the recliner going, this is bullshit. And I hear Vampiro say, this is bullshit. And I'm like, yes, I agree. You know, it just, it, it feels good. It adds that extra level of goodness. So the match continues. They end up at the top of the stairs. Um, and Johnny Mundo does something that any kid that has ever grown up in a house <laughs> with stairs has done with a hamper and yet we're supposed to believe this is a really devastating shove down the oh stairs. Oh my god. So can I just say like so Mac body slams Mundo onto this backboard. Yes, the injury backboard yeah. that the paramedics brought yeah. out thinking that Johnny Mundo was injured. And like it was a very brutal body slam. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh is he gonna strap him to it? And he does. Mac straps Mundo to to the blackboard, whatever you want to call it. And then he gets ready to push him down. I'm like, oh my God, the suspense is killing me. What's going to happen when he gets to the bottom? And he pushes him and it's like, do, 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 right, do, the do, most do, gentle do, sled down steps I've like, ever seen. And like Johnny Mundo hits the bottom just so gently. I know. Just and, so gently. Like, I get that you can't actually push Johnny Mundo down the stairs, but maybe you should have just pushed Johnny Mundo down the stairs for because, me. Well, because for the, me, Matt. The funny Do part, it for me. The funny part is, like, it comes back from commercial break, I think, it yeah. broke in the middle. And, like, Mac flips him over on to his face while he's still strapped to yes. the board. I'm like, way more painful Absolutely. than the push down the stairs. Absolutely. Would not have thought that. Yeah. Um. So this, like, this is when Worldwide Underground makes their appearance. Johnny Mundo tries to run under the ring and suddenly a guy that looks sort of like Johnny Mundo but is clearly PJ Black goes running and Mac chases after him and here comes the numbers game. And thank God Son of Havoc shows up. Like a ninja. And and two kendo sticks. Asks for some beer <laughs> from Dario Cueto in a really funny moment. Yeah. I think yeah. I think this was like probably a good 
you know, breather for everyone and some good comic relief. It really relieves the tension of what yeah. is going on. And then also Sexy Star makes a flying leap from the band and suddenly we're even. Yeah. Now, I, I joked about her being up in the band the whole time. This is actually a really cool moment, though, mm-hmm. because, like, Mundo's being a cocky asshole. Yes, and, and they're, like, singing these loser songs or goodbye song or whatever they were calling them, and it's just, like, here's this callback to the first Up All Night yep. when he was doing this bullshit with Puma, and Puma, like, there but for the grace of God goes Puma, stood up and had some life left in him and and tied up the, the score. And then here comes Sexy Star flying out of nowhere... To help Matt get well, back in the game. And it felt so good because, like, I hate it when, like, Mundo and the asshole group get, like, a one-up on somebody yeah. and then there's no resolution. Mm-hmm. It felt good to see her get to, like, kick their ass. Yeah. for just, Even if it was just for a brief moment, it was like, yes, like, thank you for recognizing. Because we said that at the beginning, of, like, when the chicanery started, it was mm-hmm. like, where the fuck is Sexy Star? Yeah. Right. She should be here. She's had this done to her, and she was the dumb one who said, I don't want anyone to help me. Yeah, so yeah. it was nice to see her come out and defend yeah. the Mac. Uh, her friend. Yeah. Now, after the beer pouring, which, best product placement you can ever <laughs> ever ask for, Modelo. <laughs> like, WWE wishes their product placement was this good. Uh, Mac turns into just a completely different beast. There are those two tables stacked up side to side by mm-hmm. the turnbuckle. He fired, pile drives him. Through those two tables. That was tables. the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I'm really surprised Johnny Mundo didn't have a broken neck off of that. Um, they roll back in the ring. They have a, a ladder spot. You know, it's all tied up at this point. They have a ladder spot where Mac jumps off and um, hits Johnny Mundo. And he rolls over for the pin with two seconds left on the clock instead of three. And it's a draw. And I was so mad like i'm looking back at the notes on my phone and i'm like this is just like wwe this bothers me like (laughs) and there's a lot of cursing right there and then dario cueto (laughs) face turn of the night comes out and says there are no ties in lucha underground and this match will continue next week first faller submission wins the lucha underground championship I'm not sure how I feel about this. I think you said it most specifically in that Mac went down zero to one in like the first five minutes. It was so match. quick. It was so Why quick. Why are we to believe that next week would be any different? Because there was no interference. Yeah. It was still one on one at that point. I assume that for a week, Mac can go back and watch some tapes of Johnny Mundo matches and psych himself up. But at the same time, like, I just. Johnny Mundo was so dominant in this match by hook and by crook by himself. I just don't see Mac getting the win next well, week. Well, he he literally outsmarted him too. Yeah, like it was it was not just a physical game; it was mental as mm-hmm. well. Like I don't know, and part of me I'm kind of like it's not that I'm down on seeing another match between these two because they're both great wrestlers. But I just know Johnny's gonna win. Yeah. Well, and it's and like I th- for I think fuck's too- sake! Now I've got like. Back-to-back episodes coming off of the new, the, the second part of the season where I've had to watch this fucking asshole <laughs> fucking wrestle That's again. the problem is, like, I just hate Johnny Mundo so much that I'm like, get off my TV screen. And I, I too, am excited to see some of our old friends that we haven't quite seen yet. And I know you can't bring everybody back in one episode, but maybe they could have done, like, a shot of everybody, like, waving and then going. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'm kidding. I just, but, I just, but, I just, but, yeah, it's just like... <laughs> Uh, and, the, and the threat that it's going to be another all night long or up all night. I don't, no. I don't know, man. No. I, I, don't, I don't think I could take that. But, but since we're back on, since Ooh, Lucha Underground is back, yes. 
it is time to award the Dario Stario of the night winner, the person that we think was the best part of Lucha Underground tonight. It's never going to be Johnny Mundo, so get that out of your head, because fuck that guy. Who, sir, are you giving our Dario Stario award to tonight? The Mac. Return of the Mac. <laughs> Turn of the Mac. I agree. Like, I, I'm so behind. Like, But I'll be honest here. Like, I would get behind almost anybody to beat up Johnny Mundo. But I'm very happy that it's Mac beating him up because I really like Mac. And I like his power moves. And I like how he hung in, even with the narrative of... We're not sure he can do it because he's not as ripped as Johnny well, Mundo. <laughs> and I'm giving this award to him because, like Vampiro said, there's a scar in his stomach. He might have some injury in his gut that Johnny could have could have taken advantage of, and he didn't. Yep. Good job, Mac, for fighting off that well, weird. And, and good sportsmanship. Yep. Great power moves. Best friends. The best friends a man could ask for. Yeah. So just, he's got a great posse. So congratulations. You didn't win the, the title. Mac. You didn't win the title. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. But for now, your award is in the mail. It's with, coming. With the rest of them. Yep. Always Congra- on their congratulations. way. Congratulations. We're proud of you. Congratulations on the first Dario Stario award of the second half of the third season. <laughs> God, that sounds convoluted. This is like a Street Fighter title. <laughs> Super mega special. Lucha Underground Season 3 Part 2 EX Alpha. <laughs> All right, so Lucha Underground's back. Uh, Raw remains on air <laughs> forever <laughs> into the apocalypse and through it and off to the new society of Earth 2. Raw will still be on the air. How about we jump over there and talk about some things that are happening on <laughs> Earth 2? <laughs> Is this like like uh, rock and roll racing? I mean, like, no, it's, like, it's a... like Cher and Cockroaches and Raw will... Continue on. Twinkies. And Twinkies in the wake of a nuclear holocaust. So, um, not a whole lot happening on WWE television. They're still in the summer holding pattern. But one interesting thing (laughs) that happened during this episode of Raw, commentary is going on as normal, and Corey Graves looks at his phone, gets up from the announce table, and goes to Kurt Angle and says, Something's been sent to me that is potentially like humiliating and career ending or something, something like that. Um, it, because people like to tell me things. That's the kind of person I, it was like very shady. Yeah. Um, and, and so I just like want to speculate on what Corey Graves could possibly have on his phone that is humiliating to one Kurt Angle at this point in his career. I've already got the answer. Okay. Whatever that movie was that Kurt Angle was in, where he was oh, the, the, one, where the he murderer was, yeah, and the, and the, the rapist, bu- the rapist, and like the butt sex and the weird gif <laughs> of him like moaning and like grunting <laughs> and sweating, like I'm I'm pretty sure that like WWE did not vet his acting career, so they did not see that. So uh, I'm sure that Corey Graves, someone sent him the IMDb profile, and and now it's all just gotten out there. But who sent it? See, you got. Oh like- no, I got it, Karen Angle. Sorry, Karen Jarrett. Oh, his ex-wife. Yeah, there okay. you go. There I don't really know all the drama behind that, but when you change the last name to Jarrett, I'm like, oh, <laughs> now I know. I explained it by correcting myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I have 
have no idea what this could possibly be. And I wondered when it happened, if possibly they were already trying to write off Kurt Angle and bring back Stephanie McMahon. It seems, well, it seems like such a short stint. And yet when there were rumors of Kurt Angle coming back, everybody was like, oh, I hope he's with American Alpha. But American Alpha is on SmackDown. Yeah. So I don't like, I don't know. Is this the end of Kurt Angle? I don't know. And, and in my jokiness, I was like, I hope it's Seth Rollins dick pics sent by Seth Rollins. Like, I just, <laughs> like it's not really anything humiliating. Like, like, like <laughs> he sent them, he sent them to Corey and it's like, okay, like but it's got like a header on it. That's just like, give these to Kurt. Yeah. Like and not for like for Kurt's eyes yeah, only. For Kurt's eyes only. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this could possibly be. It seems like just a ridiculous. Oh, I know what it is. The the Kevin Nash texts from back when. Oh my god. When he when he stuck CM Punk. Oh my god. It's all god. coming full circle. This that is another thing I did not think about. <laughs> How bad WWE is with technology. Oh, angles. they're so bad. There's potential that this could be Shane McMahon's box of question mark. It could be the uh, general manager. <laughs> blue, anonymous blue, general yes, manager. Anonymous general manager. Oh, what if it's the anonymous general manager sending Kurt, these things? Kurt Angle is Hornswoggle's father. Blown. Mind blown. There you go. You're welcome. Like, I don't know. This could be interesting, but it's probably just bullshit. But at the same time, this also got Corey Graves, like, kind of in the hot seat with um, Big Cass. Like, later (laughs) on, like, Corey Graves was intimating that Big Cass beat up Enzo or knew who beat up Enzo or something like that. Who is beating up Enzo Amore? You know, for, for a company that's so dedicated to, like, concussion, like... They're just letting this like, dude get the shit kicked out of him privately week after week. So he can't even remember what happened to him. <laughs> Keep in mind, I think WWE realized maybe people are sick of hearing him come out and do a shtick yeah, every week. Yeah. Couple of haters. Oh my God. Couple of haters. There was a point in time when Enzo and Cass were like galvanized. They could do nothing wrong. They were just platinum status faces. And now I feel like everybody... Once they get past like the lines that people can shout out loud, like they did with uh, Road Dog, like they don't care anymore. You know, yeah. the fact of the matter is, like Enzo's not a great wrestler, and Cass is a big guy with nothing to do, waiting so, for a hot tag. So I guess this is where I levy my suspicion that I believe we're going to find out that Cass is beating up Enzo. Um, but I also want to say, <laughs> no, like, no, no, I want to say real quick, the, the thought of Big Cat sneaking up on Enzo Amore twice, twice <laughs> is the funniest thing. I just imagine, like, this cartoon tip to, like, <laughs> like, behind the poles. Kabong! Yeah, behind, like, what was that guy's, uh, work case? Like, Kevin's work case or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. But, yeah, so, like, they also had a really fun segment with the revival where, and I had seen this around a couple of uh, the recappers that I read had picked up on this, that the revival was in the background of some of the shots last week for raw. And so there was a suspicion that the revival had beaten up Enzo and they were there to say no. And like, I just have to say they also revealed my perfect man in this segment because because Dash Wilder is adorable. Like, he is perfect, cute soccer dad. And now his jaw is wired shut because it's broken. That's my perfect man, Wayne. My perfect man. One who's cute and Midwest adorable and can't talk. 
Jack Evans had his wire, his muscle wired shut, and you didn't compliment him. He's not him. Midwest cute. I'm sorry. He's not. You heard it here first. All right. You're, you heard that, Jack. Sorry. So, yeah, my money is on Enzo is beating up Cass, and we're going to watch that implosion happen. Mm. But I don't know how it happens because it's not like they can have a match. Yeah, because Cass is just going to pick him up and throw him, yeah. like, out of the arena from the ring. I don't know. I'm just not really sure what's going on on Raw, and I'm especially not sure what's going on in the title scene on Raw. No, this right now WWE is in this this fucking place where it's like we have no idea who we want to promote, so everybody's going to be in every match against each other for titles or for money in the bank, whatever it is that we want the the main point to be, and we really don't care about like individual views. Yeah, and I think it's most apparent in this match that's happening on Raw over and over and over again and in several different iterations. Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Finn Balor. What are you laughing about? <laughs> Samoa Joe. I'll tell you in a minute. No, tell me. So so this the match happens tonight or last Monday night with uh Rollins versus uh Roman. Uh-huh. And like after the match is over, Michael Cole, God bless him, was being told to say something. He was like, Will it be the coquina clutch? Or the spear? Or uh sister the Falcon Abigail. Arrow or Sister Abigail or uh the coup de grace, which which he which, says wrong. Which whatever. one will it be? Will it be Roman? Will it be Finn? Like he literally like rattled off every competitor and their finisher <laughs> within like ten seconds of each other, and it was just like, I fucking get it. These five guys are in a match to determine who will get killed by Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I'm so happy we are like beating this into our heads. This is kind of where I'm at with this. Is I. I'm just like looking at the title scene and seeing Brock with the Universal Championship and looking at all of the challengers and I'm just not sure which way this is going and I'm not sure WWE knows either because my money is on Roman. Yeah. It just it just is. I think that that's the smart bet, but my heart kind of wants Samoa Joe or Finn Balor in that position. I don't know that Samoa Joe works because he is kind of a nuclear heat heel right now um because he's he's a bastard and it works you know but but like and i've also expressed my um difficulty in believing finn balor is a a good challenger just size wise compared to brock lesnar and what brock lesnar does i don't want finn balor to Mm -hmm. shatter into a thousand pieces when he takes those suplexes but like i don't know if i could express my i either want it to be finn or samoa joe and I, I say Samoa Joe because you put Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar in the ring to face off. See, that's the thing. I and feel I like think that like, would be so good. And I think when the crowd sees that, they're going to be like, no, we're cheering for Brock I, on see, this one. And, well, and this is the thing, too, is like, I think that that's a match that transcends the, you know, traditional good guy, bad guy mm-hmm. model. Because I think, I think at this point, Brock Lesnar has once again had that WrestleMania thing happen where he's... And I'm talking about the WrestleMania that he faced, Roman Reigns, where Seth Rollins cashed in, where, like, he was our savior when he had that belt, and when it appeared that he was going to lose to Roman, we're all like, oh, this is terrible, screw you, he never shows up anyway, piss on this, you know, and and Seth Rollins (laughs) kind of saved us. Like, I feel like that's the Brock Lesnar that we've got now, it's like, oh, he never shows up, piss on this, who cares, you know. The, he just saved us from Goldberg and that's that and blah, blah. And, and so now it's like, 
if Samoa Joe were to go against Brock Lesnar and they have this big old hammy Haas fest, that could be really cool. And it doesn't really matter what their alignments are. Well, because when you think about it too, like Samoa Joe is strike based. Yes. Like he throws suplex. He's a freaking Haas. And Brock Lesnar is a freaking Haas. And we don't know what alignment Brock's coming back as. Because Paul I, Heyman can turn it well, on a dime. I assume we're all annoyed with Brock Lesnar's non-presence at this point. So I would assume he's coming back as a heel. But possibly I'm wrong, you know. They're, they're it's gonna... happened a few times before. Yeah. Never egregiously. And certainly never when we're arguing. But it has happened a few times before that I have been wrong. He sent he sent Goldberg packing. He's a, he's a good guy forever for me. Except he's not around, and I think him not being around has created this vacuum of suck waste. Oh, no, it, it absolutely has. But, like, if I get to see Samoa Joe go up against Brock Lesnar, like, we people fucking talk about dream matches all the time. Yeah. For me, that's a dream match like, I'm dying to see. Like I said, see. my heart says Samoa Joe, and it also says Finn Balor, but my head says Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. And and usually my head is pretty right. My problem with Finn is I, I immediately start fantasy booking the club getting back together to get the one well, up on Brock. Well, I think that that could happen if Finn Balor goes in as the challenger. I almost think it has to happen because I just don't believe that someone of Finn Balor's stature going up against someone who wrestles like Brock, who once he has his hands on you, it's over. I don't believe that he could win by himself. Yeah. And on top of that, I feel like anybody who goes up against Brock has to beat him. Yeah. They have to beat him. Like, it, it you is a must-win situation for my television watching well, experience. and I think it, it would hurt Raw to not be able to beat Brock Lesnar and bring the championship back to television. We never see it, you know? Yeah. And it's the flagship show, and it's supposed to be this amazing universal title for the WWE universe, you know, and it's just never there. And it's not like Brock's doing, like, media rounds no. or anything. Like, he's just gone. Yeah. So... I assume polishing the Universal Championship all day long and all night long. It's going to yep. be super shiny when it comes back. So shiny. <laughs> all right. So Raw is super long and it's kind of not doing much right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to enter the Raw Rundown Speed Round. I missed it. I, I missed this. We're going to go through a couple of things on Raw. I'm going to read you a few sentences. You're going to give me your quick reaction. Okay. And we're going to move on from there. Please tell me. Sir, oh, I'm sorry, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, you prepared? I'm prepared. All right. Tell me, sir, how are you feeling about the passion of Sasha Banks? Oh, man. You know what I love the most? Bailey and and Alexa are having a great storyline right now where Bliss is pushing Bailey to see how ruthless she actually can be. And meanwhile, Sasha is gone, and the internet hates it, and I love it because, like, I'm so glad to see somebody new getting to take the reins and get a different feud that we haven't seen over and over again. So all of you guys who are pissed off about Sasha, shove it. All right, so you say that, except... What about the This Is Your Life Poop Magoo segment of Alexa Bliss and Bailey? I'm not going to blame Alexa Bliss on this one. It's the fact that WWE, whenever they've got something really good, they just get so determined to make it shit. Why and they, they always keep trying to make This Is Your Life happen again? It's not going to happen again. It was, you know, lightning in a bottle the first time that they did it. Yeah. And now they keep trying it, and it never works. It's so dumb and awkward, and like the, I feel so bad for the audience on that one. I'm sorry you had to endure that. <laughs> All right, the Drifter song and slam dance. That was good, right? <laughs> that was good. Um, 
I, I like his aggression, but I'm still kind of just like, meh, like it's, it's easy to go out there with a guitar and, and sing shittily and people go boo. So like, I wonder where they're going to go with him, but if this is going to just be the same thing over and over every week, it's going to lose its luster pretty quick. Kalisto, the tightest brand. And do you think Apollo Crews accidentally hit a witch with his car who then cursed him when he joined the main roster? Uh, yes to the curse. Um, <laughs> Titus O'Neil did the most delicate pin ever on Kalisto, like gently set him down and then grabbed his tights to, to get that win. Like, this is so it's weird. It's kind of a mess, right? It's so it's weird. It's so weird. It's three people who should have better stuff to do, I think. Kalisto should be in the cruiserweight division. I don't know why they won't just move him over there. All right. When Dean Ambrose is in a one on three situation and the Hardys come out to be his backup, are you as disappointed as I am? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you've got two guys who uh, might make a better impact there besides the Hardys. And, and who would those guys be? Um, Sierra Hotel India Echo Lima Delta Shield. Shield. Child. <laughs> so that's raw for this week like i said not a whole lot happened but things are kind of moving forward and don't they have a pay-per-view this weekend yes so extreme rules we'll know who our number one or yeah we'll know who our number one challenger is real, real quick so it's extreme rules you have dean ambrose who is known for some pretty hardcore shit on the indie scene and he's in a match against okay Miz. except he's known for like puppy punches on the main roster don't even like the Dean Ambrose of now is not the Dean Ambrose no. of then, and everyone needs to realize that and start no. get on and the hate train with me. Get on the hate train with me. And he's in a match where if he gets disqualified, he loses his title. Man, you you just really want to make that match as bad as you can. <laughs> Good job, WWE. All right. Well, shall we jump on over to SmackDown? I would jump, but I'm sitting. And the amazing return. Oh man, I forgot about this. Ladies and gentlemen, do you have a minute to spare? It's the return of the 60-second SmackDown Live. I have 60 seconds on the clock, starting now. Welcome back to the one-minute rundown of the show that is consistently better than Raw and has Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton as its top feud. I know, I don't understand it either. This week we open on a promo train that leads to the Hala Hala tag match of Baron Corbin and Kevin Owens versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. The good guys win while I hiss Kinshasa from my couch like I'm inhabited by the ghost of Mauro Ronaldo. New Day debuted to call the Usos ish, and they already have a match for the titles at Money in the Bank. Note, American Alpha died on the way back to their home planet. Brizongo remains the most entertaining thing on the show with a film noir Fashion Files episode, but you can start to feel the clock ticking on them. How long until we turn on them, and then six months later they break up and disappear? AJ Styles loses to Dolph Ziggler, and I legit believe the men's Money in the Bank match could go to anyone. That's right, I said men's Money in the Bank because... Big news, the SmackDown Women's Division is having their very own Money in the Bank match. No, that's not Stone Cold's entrance music you hear. It's the glass ceiling shattering. And this has been your 60-second SmackDown Live. Technically, it was 58 seconds. Oh, I'm so sorry. But I may have been, like, one second late on pushing the start. See, maybe it's a you problem and not a me problem. That was good, though. Thank you. On point. Thank you. Solid. (laughs) Should we start with the big news of this week? The women's Money in the Bank match. Yeah, uh, so they had like a five-way women's match to determine who the number one contender is. That never started. They all just beat the shit out of each other. We got to watch Charlotte powerbomb Natalia through a table, which anytime, anytime I get to see people powerbomb somebody through something... Always good. Listen, she legit like snapped Natalia down and busted that table better than I've ever seen Roman Reigns bust a table. 
you know. No, legit <laughs> impressive. So impressive. Like, I thought Natalia was going to go straight through the Earth's crust. Like, that was amazing. So, I have to say, like, I really, I failed myself in this because I did not give SmackDown the benefit of the doubt. I, in fact, gave it to them, took it away, and now I'm going to have to give it back to them again. Because I was getting fed up with them doing these three-on-three matches, these four matches, these, you have strange timers going off on your phone. It's okay. (laughs) But anyway, so I was giving them, like, all kinds of shit for these crazy matches that they were doing that involved everyone. And it turns out they were doing this as, like, this soft build you know, laying the groundwork for everyone to be in a match at Money in the Bank with ladders and the briefcase. My only bummer of this, my only bummer, is that Naomi won't be in the Money in the Bank match because she's already the women's champion. Yeah, because I, I feel like her being as athletic as she is. Yes. What the hell? I, I'm terrified, though, for what Charlotte's going to do. I, like, I'm afraid that somebody's going to die, but I'm hoping that maybe it's James Ellsworth. Ooh. You know? <laughs> if I can see James Ellsworth get put through a ladder by Charlotte, like a powerbomb through a ladder. Mm. I know. Dodge, I know. And, and that's the thing is like, I feel like there's a really good spread in this match. Like everybody has their strengths. Charlotte came out like a beast in this episode. And I'm just so curious as to how it's going to play out because it feels like it's more organically making these historical moments rather than what they were doing with Charlotte and Sasha on Monday Night Raw and their uh, pay-per-view matches being like, oh, we've never done this before. We're going to stick this stipulation on you, even though like neither one of you is big enough to break a table. We're going to stick this stipulation (laughs) on you because we've never had a cage match. You know, that sort of thing going on. Whereas this feels much more uh, slow played and organic in its build. And so I really just want to see everyone hit their stride in the same match and no one dies. <laughs> I, I am so excited that the women's division is being treated with such respect yes. on SmackDown because to me, it makes the title more important because women are going to kill each other to get the briefcase. Yeah. And it adds a second layer of unpredictability to any show. Well, and I think too, I realize that the women's rosters on each show are between like six and eight people deep. So it's not, it's not much, you know, there's not a whole lot that can happen, but you always need to have like that top feud and that secondary feud to keep the division moving forward. And I feel like the Money in the Bank match is a great way to make that happen. You know, the Money in the Bank winner does not necessarily have to be the number one contender. That's just a person with the briefcase. You know, so maybe, like, the loser comes out and is like, it wasn't fair, I didn't win right, or, or I want another shot, and you still have this lurking presence with that suitcase in the background. It's, it's adding a really cool layer, I think, to SmackDown. I fear... I fear that Carmella's going to win this thing. Except Carmella would have the best heel cash-in. Because this is, my, is, true. This is my theory is true. on Money in the Bank. I feel like you can really only be a heel and cash in on somebody at the opportune moment. Like, after they've already had this shit knocked out of them. You know, like, the, the Edge cash-ins. Yeah. The Dean Ambrose cash-ins. Like, his was kind of a... Um, lucky cash in because everyone hated Seth Rollins so much at the time mm-hmm. and Dean finally got to have his final revenge but like that one I think was like kind of one in a million I think when good guys tend to cash in like that they don't look as good you know like they don't look as noble and, and true and pure 
So I think like Carmela cashing in in that manner, nuclear heat forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. You know? Especially if she cashes in on somebody like, oh, I don't know, Becky Lynch. Oh, you know, that'd be the worst. Oh my God. People would lose their minds. So I said, I want to see James Ellsworth get put through a ladder. I don't want him around the ring at all during this match. I want them to let the women tell the story on their own. That's true. I don't want him to to rob anything away. Like he spent enough time on the main event scene just ruining the the matches between AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose and I don't want that going Because on. because I would liken it to when they had the triple threat women's title match for the brand new women's title at WrestleMania and Ric Flair helped oh, yeah. Charlotte win and it was like you motherfuckers had you this spotlight yeah. you had a spotlight and you ruined it you stole that moment from her being a solo moment being something that she earned herself and I don't care if you want her to be a bad guy yeah I don't give a shit she like, can do it on her own but you can't sit here and push like women are, are breaking through the glass ceiling when like oh but this guy had when, a total hand yeah, on the when, whole thing when they have to get the boost up from the dude so, so like, I agree with you I hope that he is not involved in the match or now. gets thank, taken out right at the beginning thank you for opening my eyes to my the error of my Fuck James Ellsworth. Yeah. <laughs> so there. who do you think pulls down the women's Money in the Bank title? I, I don't think title, it will briefcase, whatever. I don't think it'll be Carmella. I think it's uh I think it's probably gonna be Becky or I Charlotte. Think, I think Becky is, Becky's got my my vote. I think it's her turn again. But that's just me. Because like I said, I don't feel like the person with the briefcase has to challenge immediately unless they really want to, you know. Yeah, and I, I could see Charlotte getting herself back into the main feud with on her own. Naomi without yeah. needing that briefcase. Well, because I think with the welcoming committee in there, I think some shenanigans are going to go down, some three-on-two shenanigans or three-on-one shenanigans. And I think the person who's on the butt end of that is going to have a really good case for saying, that wasn't fair, I deserve another shot. You yeah, know? and Tamina's not winning this thing either. No, so. I'm sorry, but no. No. As much as I like Tamina, they just have never done anything with her. No, so. she's, she's never lucked out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, New Day is back. Are we ready to be in their pocket again? I And I, I want to preface all of this conversation by saying I enjoyed New Day at WrestleMania because they weren't there much and they introduced the Hardys. And, <laughs> and they were Final Fantasy themed. Yeah. Um, but before that, I was so turned off of New Day. I couldn't sit through their 30-minute long segments. They were driving me insane. They were so oversaturated. Nothing they did was funny or clever anymore. So when they went away for a little while, I think this was kind of a blessing in disguise. I'm, I'm glad to see a tag team that can verbally spar again. I yes. feel like... We've Especially been- against the Usos who are like really clicking with their two-by-two, two, you know call repeat that sort of thing call and answer yeah so i feel like it's good to have another team that's comfortable talking and and engaging and they have personalities Mm -hmm. i mean sorry american alpha but like they you guys don't have personality yeah you you don't even exist actually i don't know what's wrong with you but uh so they died on the way back to their home planet that's true (laughs) they're waiting for shelton benjamin i think that's actually the text that the cory graves got (laughs) american alpha went back to their planet you can't manage them ever um but no i I just i'll wait to see how they are presented from here on out i want them to be a little bit more aggressive just a little bit more serious like in the hunt for the titles i just want a little bit more aggression but for now i'm happy to see them back they're still weird as ever. I think it's interesting that they get to slide right into that title slot, but, though. But SmackDown but, has presented itself as a place where if you're a big enough draw, they'll you, put you in. They'll put you in. And they've said that before. But I do think that in my perfect world, 
a team that looks as fucking ridiculous as the New Day does would need to have a meeting with the fashion popos. Right? Oh, uh, like that would be so that would be such a good like secondary the, feud. The fat of uh, fashion files about New Day. About New Day. Like Oh my god. Uh, it'd be so good. Yeah. It'd be so good. I like I have to say I really like the fashion files a lot, but I think Fandango and Tyler Breeze are kind of getting hokey in the they're, ring. They're getting Santino'd. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's getting ready to go too far, and so I'm just waiting for my New Day switch to turn. You know what I mean? And, and I'll be down on the fashion popos again, and I don't want to be, so I hope that they back some of that off just a little bit, or else it's going to be a long slog with their team. Yeah, no more janitor, no more Tyler Breeze in a dress. Well, and no more saying that, like, did you catch that little punchline that Tyler Breeze had in the fashion files when um, Fandango asked him why he was still dressed undercover and he was dressed up as a woman and Tyler Breeze was like, thank God he thinks that I'm undercover or whatever. It's like, let's not have these odd little like, yeah, they're, they're going to go into the v- punchline yeah. cross-dressing. Like it, it's, it's silly. You, you did know? it. You did it with Vito back when he used to wear a dress to the ring. It was so weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I'm, they pushed I'm, it so hard. I'm fine with it. I think it's just that, like, kind of insidious, like, uh, making something like cross-dressing the butt yeah. of a joke. Like, let's just not do that. Well, that's the problem. You know? It's like, it's like if that's who the person actually is in real life, and that's how they want to present themselves, and it's taken in, like, a lighter... Like, not like, a, like, ha-ha, funny, look at this idiot yeah. over here. Like... I don't know. I, mean, just, I, I, don't I feel know. like WWE can't handle these subjects. They yeah, can't like that, tackle that them. That punchline was like one toe over, the, like a pinky toe over the line. So let's just like slide the foot back <laughs> yeah, just yeah. a little bit. It wasn't super offensive or anything. I wasn't like clutching my pearls. Like, I can't believe they said that. But I was just like, you're getting into that that area where it's not cool. You know, like you need to be more thoughtful of the world around. It's not the 90s. It's not the 80s. Like... It's it's time to be more cognizant of the diversity of your audience, you yeah. know, and, and the diversity of your characters and how dressing up as a woman isn't necessarily a punchline all the time, every time. Well, I mean, look, look at Brizongo right now. WWE is literally just like, how can we be, how can we goof? How can we goof yeah. a little bit with them? And like, it's not like, how can we laugh and think they're like comedically... Like, Even though they're so comedically gifted yeah. and it's always so funny and the dumb characters that they have are the perfect level of dumb. I'm not even cringing. You know, I'm not like, get them off my TV. I love it. I eat it up every week. The day one is H is like yeah. super fucking hilarious. Yeah. I'm so glad they got to like yeah. do that because it's it's just So I just hope that they so kind of scale back the hokiness of it. So that it can last a little bit longer before it gets too tired. They need a feud with the Ascension again. That'd be pretty funny. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> um, and then the same question I asked about Raw, I'm going to ask about SmackDown. What direction is SmackDown going in? Who's going to pull down that money in the bank for the men's match? Who's going to challenge gender? What does it all mean? I don't know what's going on. Randy Orton's getting a return match against Jinder Mahal, and I don't give a shit. Get Randy Orton out of there. I want Kevin Owens to pull down the money in the bank. Okay. I want Sami Zayn okay. to... See... Okay. Okay. I know where you're going with this, and I'm going to let you finish, but I just want to let you know, like, when you told me this initially, like, I even wrote down, your Sami Zayn scenario is still depressing me from when you told me what you wanted to happen. So, go ahead, sir. So... Make me cry. We get past 
this fucking gender Randy Orton shit. Gender retains somehow. Sami Zayn gets to be the other Canadian who speaks multiple languages uh-huh. and gets to the kick your Canadian to gets to kick the fucking head off of Jinder Mahal gets that title. And then Kevin Owens cashes in and we have the fucking fight that will never end. But for the WWE world title. But if Kevin Owens takes it off of Sami Zayn in a shitty way, I'm just going to die. Like, I'm going to climb up to the roof and I'm going to jump off, Wayne. I can't. My I can't. My heart can't take this. But if... But if Not Sa- my no, Sammy. No, but if Sammy can win that title, even if it's for just like 30 minutes, I will lose my fucking mind. I'm seriously hearing the penny whistle solo from Titanic in I, my mind right I now. Live, and I'm just I, staring off I, over your I shoulder. I live in a world where I'm fantasy booking Sami Zayn winning the title, but then fantasy... To lose. But then expecting him to just fucking lose it right away because... It's WWE. It's a terrible world you live in. Uh, I, so I have two schools of thought on this. I like thought Rusev would be back by now. And I think I was pinning a lot of hopes on Rusev coming back and us being allowed to cheer him. And he's not back yet. So I don't know how to feel, but I super want my boo AJ Styles to pull that briefcase down and do a noble cash in later on where instead of coming out and challenging someone after they've won and like gone through the ringer, I want him to be like, I'm cashing in on you at SummerSlam. I'm cashing in on you at Survivor Series. Like, making the match with the briefcase instead of having the snap cash in. My my dream scenario about a, a face cashing in ahead of time is for someone to come out and be like, I'm going to tell you what I'm cashing in. I'm cashing in at WrestleMania. Main event. Like, yeah. I don't know who the champion will be. I might be the champion at the time. <laughs> but I am not cashing in until WrestleMania yeah. in the main event. Yeah. Why the fuck, with a guaranteed ticket to be the star of the show, would I wait for any yeah. other time? The problem is, like, I don't know. I feel like whoever gets the briefcase is likely not to cash in on Jinder Mahal. No, 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 no. It's, um, you got to cash in on somebody bigger than but that. But I don't know who's taking the title from Jinder Mahal. I don't feel like there's a clear contender at this point. That's why I'm fantasy booking this yeah, shit. Yeah, so I don't know. I think there's a whole lot of question marks on both Raw and SmackDown. And I'm, like morbidly curious at this point to see where they go. My greatest fear is that they really want to do AJ and Randy again. Randy retains. AJ goes up against him. And I'm just like, you mean uh, Randy wins. Randy goes up against him. Randy wins. I don't, I want Randy Orton away for a little while. I want him to take some time off. I got to break up with you for a little bit, like Randy. A couple, couple of years off. <laughs> but no, like, I'm not interested in Randy Orton. And I think they have so much going on on SmackDown that can go to the next level. Because this is the other thing. What if somebody like Baron Corbin pulls that briefcase down? This giant entitled asshole suddenly has the biggest entitlement of all. Like, would he be able to hide his entitlement boner? You know? No, no. <laughs> like... I, I seriously believe, besides Dolph Ziggler, because I swear to God, if Dolph Ziggler pulls that briefcase down, oh my lord, you'll be able to hear me scream on all seven continents. But, like, I just believe in my heart of hearts that anybody who pulls that down 
is going to have a good story coming out of that because there's just so many directions it can all go. Yeah. Like Shinsuke, I feel like he needs to gradually work his way up to a title shot. Oh, see, I don't even give a shit. If Shinsuke shows up and cashes in, fine by me. No, I, I mean, <laughs> listen, I'll be super happy if he wins, but I'm just saying like, if I'm, if I'm trying to like discern how they're thinking. Yeah. Like I could see them being like, meh, but I swear to God, if Dolph wins this thing. <laughs> I think we're all Dolph haters. <laughs> oh, if he wins this thing, I'm just going to throw up and be sad and start drinking yeah. more. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I, I am excited at the prospect. Like with both matches, both the women's and the men's Money in the Bank matches, I don't know who's going to win. Where does it go? Where thank does you. it go? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, SmackDown, for presenting people on equal playing yeah, it's fields. Definitely, it's definitely not a... John Cena is in this match yeah, and then there's yeah. everybody else. It's like anybody could pull those those briefcases it's down. It's that fucking picture of John Cena holding up that Money in the Bank briefcase and being like acting like he's shocked that he won. Yeah, it's like, like mother, you're John Cena. Motherfucker. Like, <laughs> fuck you. You always win. Like, so if and all that's the best part about this. Like this match, it's all guys who I want to win. Yeah. Except for except for Dolph, fuck you, Dolph. <laughs> and with the women's match, even Tamina, if Tamina won it, I'd be like, if oh, Tamina won okay. it, I would be shocked, you know, and and in a good way. Yeah, like, oh, I wonder where they're the gonna go with it. So often, I when I shrug and when I'm like, I don't know, I think of that as a negative. But I I feel like now in this moment, there's a definite positive to anything could happen. The, once again, it's the rule of the less I know about wrestling. The less I know about who's going to be the winner, yeah. the better I'm going to feel when the moment happens and I'm experiencing and it I with can just, everybody else. Yeah, I can just be in that moment and enjoy it and be excited about the future. I can tune out all of the things, the distractions, and just focus on yeah. the match. Yeah, so I would I would rate that as a positive. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I'm feeling a little bit more positive talking about this. Now I'm feeling a little bit more positive about the direction of Raw and how there's just a big question mark there, too. Maybe this could be fun. Hey, by the end by the end of this weekend, there may be a it, direction for the show. It might be Roman Reigns, but it might not be. This could be fun, guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think that wraps us up for this week. Good week of wrestling. Welcome back, Lucha Underground. We're so glad you came back to us again. Looking for some vignettes. We Can't set wait. you free and you came back. So that means you really love us. <laughs> if you want to talk to us on Twitter, you can find me at Leisha360, L-I-C-I-A 360. Or you can check out our blog and or I'm going to put the slash in there and or you can check out our blog at realmenweartights.wordpress.com. Where can they find you, Wayne? At WLucha, D-U-B-Y-A-L-U-C-H-A. I am also the editor-in-chief of Rudo Can't Fail, a monthly English Lucha Libre magazine that you can get at luchashop.com as just a regular subscription or go to luchaloot.com and get it as part of your Lucha Loot crate. It's got pictures. It's got artwork. It's got words. Don't be scared words. It's got words. (laughs) You're going to learn them. You'll appreciate them. And uh, most of all, it's always original. So subscribe. And if you want to do digital stuff because you hate print and you're a terrible person, Search, Don't insult your fan base. Search for us on iTunes. Search for Rudo Can't Fail. R-U-D-O. Can't Fail. <laughs> Three different words. Find us. Subscribe to us. Just do it. Ugh, longer and longer every week. But I, Put I'm getting, this poor man out of his misery. But I'm getting it right every week. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, everyone. We're so glad you're here. Like us, share us, tell your mom about us. We're great with moms. And remember, real men wear tights.